What does it mean to be an Amazonian woman from Belém, Brazil, living in Europe? In this episode, Giuliani shares her stories of pursuing her studies in Padova, a city in Italy, and Zurich, a city in Switzerland. His story is about a growing understanding of racism and the discovery of her own identity. I'm Fumi, this is Hashigar Racism, and this is the story of Giuliani. I'm Giuliani, I'm born in Belém. It's a northern city in Brazil, in the Amazon region area. And I really grew up in the suburbs of the, the city, like a bit far from the center, but it's still a lot going on. And it uh, was a, a really a very fun childhood. I had my childhood friends there. We used to play in the streets and so, and all this fun stuff the kids do. But uh, yeah, I think maybe the city was uh, too small for me or and I was always curious to know other places, other cultures and uh, start a new adventure. And I moved from my hometown when I was around 22, right after my graduation in law. And then I moved to Rio de Janeiro, it's an 8 million people city. And uh, I was living there for five years. And my initial plan was to study a postgraduate study, I don't know, a specialization, a master's or whatever. I did. And a specialization actually, but uh, in the end, it didn't bring me what I thought I wanted. And then I suddenly decided that I wanted to do a master's degree. And what is uh, funny is that I worked before as a lawyer for bankings and for private clients as well. So let's say a pretty corporative world. And afterwards, I just thought I could do something more social. So I started uh, volunteering in a favela, Rocinha. And I was volunteer there for around a year and I met people in the field and I thought, okay, I want to study human rights. Giuliani shares her reflections about Northern Brazil. In Northern Brazil, most of people are brownish, but not so dark skinned. So it's very common to see people that are mixed like me. Like it's very common to have mixed couples. So of course the babies, they're going to be mixed to them. And... Actually, in my home city, most of the people, they have very straight hair because of indigenous background, but with a dark skin. And uh, this is very common for us. I'm actually, regarding physical, physical features, I'm taller than the average, but the rest, the hair, the color, the lips, they're very similar to a lot of people. And also my family is very mixed, so we have white people. We have more indigenous-like people. I don't know how to describe that. And we have mixed ones. I even have a cousin with red hair. (laughs) And we are, in general, just we come from a very diverse country. So I don't think color was a question in Brazil, but it's turned out to be very important to question our colorism, as we say. And it has been growing since, let's say, five years ago that people created awareness and we saw more cases of racism coming up on TV and something. But before of that, we didn't hear so much about it, you know. And now with the internet, Instagram, Twitter and everything, we can have more access to information. 
And then we start to think about our previous experience and then we realize that, okay, we sometimes were actually treated differently, but the racism is so structural that you don't even notice, you know? It takes a while to notice, but of course uh, there are some events that happened and they're very cruel and then you'll see pretty straightforward that this is uh, a pure case of racism, right? But luckily for me, I never faced something so bad like this, you know? Giuliani says that moving to Rio led her to express herself better. We have a lot of difference, but there they have more black people. So I really felt different about it there because I felt like, oh, I'm like everyone, you know, like everyone is like me. And this felt cute. And yeah, of course, they behave differently. They have a completely crazy accent and different food and stuff. But it gave me also more freedom. They are more freedom regarding their bodies. Like in the north of Brazil, we are a bit more conservative. So you don't show, you show skin, but you don't show too much. While in, in Rio, you can show whatever you want. You can be yourself. You can dress up how you want and nobody cares. So for me, this was amazing. Like in Berlin, people, they like to see what type of clothes you're wearing, if it's brand, if it's not brand. So you need to really dress up to go to work, high heels and everything. Still nowadays, even like 10 years later, it's still the same. But in Rio, no, it's hot. And if you want to use something more light, uh, just like, flip-flops not to work of course but uh, yeah if you want to you can dress up as much as as little as you want and for me this was amazing so there like i think i discovered more of myself and to express myself more and also understand more of black culture in a sense no i went to a lot of funk clubs and samba and uh, a lot of parties and i met people from all over the world already there you know and it's in its amazing city. After Rio, Giuliani moved to Padova, a city in northern Italy, to pursue her studies in human rights. There, she would experience things that would force her to think more about her physical appearances and roots, something she had never really thought about before leaving Brazil. I moved to Italy, to Padova, and there I met a lot of interesting people, but I, I was always like, the only brown person in the room. And these, I, I experienced it a bit in, in Brazil, but even if we have a lot of more brown and black people, we still, like, on some sectors, uh, it's still not so common. So I felt it, but I was like, in my home country, it didn't play a big role to me. But of course, for other people, it's a different uh, situation. And I was already privileged to come and to, to have a scholarship and be able to pursue this education. But whenever I was meeting someone new, and like even men or women, doesn't matter, they would always ask me, oh, why are you here? Are you dating an Italian man? Like, did you come here because of boyfriend? And this was a bit uh, annoying for me because I'm sure they don't ask this for European women. And I was like, okay. I'm here because I want to study, I'm a lawyer. And then they would change a bit the conversation and I'm like, oh, so you have an education, so you're here studying. And for me, this was frustrating in the beginning. 
or whenever I was in a party, people would just randomly grab my hair. Like they wouldn't know me. They would just touch my hair out of nowhere. And like sometimes I would be fine with that. And sometimes I would like, okay, just don't touch me, you know, because they would be curious about it. And yeah, it's fine if you're curious and if you ask permission or something, but just don't grab my hair out of nowhere. So it's like, small things that with the time they became a bit uh, big and I was a bit stressed with this sometimes. However, I didn't think this was something that I should pay more attention. For me, this was just like random things happening. And getting to know more people from African countries and then I started to ask myself, why is this racism is this because my color my country what is this but uh, i never really got the answer afterwards and uh, yes and also regarding english they would always be surprised somehow that i could speak english which i think can be sort of a compliment but uh, it made me feel bad in the end you know i just want other people to have the same opportunity as me you know but uh, yeah, sometimes it felt not nice to say that to someone. So I would say this was like what bothered me the most there. Giuliani says that she initially could not pinpoint why exactly people were doing these things to her in Padova. I think I first assumed it was because I was a Brazilian woman. And uh, yeah, Brazilian, Latin woman, women in general, like, they don't have a good fame, if I can put like this, in Europe. So I assumed people were expecting me to be there because of the men, because that's what we were, they were seeing. But I think after a while, I was like, okay, this cannot be right, because other women that are also Latin, they don't face the same, just because they're not brown, you know? So then I realized this was, okay, this, is, this was racism, probably. But it's hard also to conceptualize and to say as, okay, this was solid racism, you know, when it's something more subtle, I would say. Giuliani reflects upon her time in Padova. Padova is a great city, but I hate it in the beginning because it was too small for me and I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to. I just said, okay, I want to study this. There were the were the best courses I want to follow. And then I just decided that I would go there and they have the scholarship, so would make things easier. And it's a very interesting city because it's very small, but it still has a lot of political discussions within it. Like we would go to, to buildings from the university that the students took for a while, just occupied it to have awareness, workshops, and also parties, of course, it's a university city. And I like it to see it, but at the same time, we had a lot of refugees, especially from Nigeria or other African countries, and they were always not inserted in the, the society. They would just like stay in the streets, uh, selling small things, uh, small bracelets and stuff. But you never meet them in the school, for example, or in normal or usual contexts. So then it uh, also played a big role. And actually my first friends there, they were from Angola, 
meant we speak Portuguese. I met them randomly in the square and uh, we started talking. And then they invited me to hang out and I was like hearing also their stories, you know, because they for sure experienced much more than me. And I was just getting angry, <laughs> which was not good. And then I realized, okay, this is a wasted, a wasted city. Not everyone, but it can be, it can be tough if you're not Italian, if you were not white. It can be tough indeed. And uh, just out of curiosity, they have uh, around four fascist communities in this small city, and they like they glue posters around the city everywhere, and it's crazy. Yeah, Padova, it's a big, it's, it's a big scenario for a lot of things. <laughs> and you can also understand how important the city is, is because it's the second oldest university in Italy. It's the first university to have a woman graduated in medicine. And Galileo lived there for 18 years to teach in Padova. So it is something. And when you realize the story of the university, they actually came from Bologna because they weren't very well accepted for the, the Bolognese uh, community and professorship. So Padova was supposed to be a university that uh, have all of these people that were outraged from society. <laughs> and uh, the church also didn't like them, so they were like the rebels of the year, you know. And nowadays, even with this background, they're still like facing so uh, primitive problems, you know, with racism and fascism and all this refugee fear. Uh, so I wonder what was wrong. <laughs> yeah. After Padova, Giuliani moved to Zurich, a city in Switzerland, to continue her studies. There again, she would experience something similar to what she went through in Padova. In Switzerland, I lived in Zurich most of the time, like three years in Zurich to study. And in the first day of classes for the exchange students, they had a preliminary event to explain and to introduce everyone. I remember I was like, maybe there were... 20% of women, no Latin women, even no Latin students. And this was like very shocking for me, like again, being the only one in the room. So yeah, I felt also good because it meant something for me that I was arriving in places that other people couldn't arrive. But at the same time, I was asking myself, why, why, why this is happening? It's just boring after some years, like receiving comments regarding your skin color, your hair, or, oh, you're from Brazil. It's just, uh, it can be annoying, but I, I also think some of the people, they are not aware, you know, they're not aware of what they're saying or how they're behaving. And this happened also to me, like when I arrived, I also saw many different people that in Brazil I didn't have the contact with. And I was just curious to know where they're from, like, like what happened? So they're so different and cool, right? But then at some point I realized that, okay, Giuliani, like, just get hold of yourself. Don't ask where people are from. Just, uh, it comes if you have the opportunity, but just don't ask. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it can be, it has always both ways, right? So I, I always try to not be so judgmental with people that didn't meet people like me, like with my features. Giuliani says that her understanding of her own identity and how she expresses it evolved over time, especially after moving to Europe. I think as soon as I arrived, I was purely Brazilian. Oh, I'm Brazilian. But uh, as I didn't have many Brazilian friends, especially in Switzerland, I had more Brazilian friends in Italy, I started to realize, oh, I have a lot of Latin culture. Because as I said, we are in the north of the country, so we have a lot of influence from French Guiana, from Guadalupe, the Caribbean countries. And... Uh, the type of music we hear is different. We hear much more Latin music than, let's say, Brazilians from other parts of the country listen to. We are a huge country and we are mostly surrounded by Brazilian things, foods, music, whatever. But as my city is there in the north, we had merengue, cumbia, and reggae and all of these rhythms that didn't influence other people. So then I was starting to identify myself more as Latin. Nowadays, I think I'm an Amazonian woman from the Latin America, you know? So added even more uh, layers to this personality because I realized it's so much special to be from a region in the, the, the world that's People think it's just like a forest, you know, but uh, we have a lot of more than a forest there. And of course, the forest and all the, the richness of our culture is still there. And yeah, it's a constant battle, I would say, because as I can identify myself with a lot of cultures, the Arabic culture, the Latin culture, but it's still it's not my culture. And when I don't have anyone to share that, Sometimes it's very, it's, I, I get a bit lost, I would say, you know. And living uh, <laughs> a lot of the time with a Swiss person, then it gets even more blended. Uh, yeah, regarding everything, food, language, yeah, and uh, personality-wise, yeah. And it is difficult, now that, now that I said it out loud, as I said before, it's like, oh my God, this is mind-blowing, so many things, you know. Like a friend of mine was visiting and I could talk about the music with her, you know, say the, the same um, slangs, she would understand me. Oh my gosh, this was so, so refreshing for my soul. <laughs> this was really cool, really, really cool. Giuliani says that whilst she's happy to call herself Brazilian in Europe, she also feels that the Brazilian community in Europe is not necessarily representative of the country as a whole. I feel happy because I think Brazil is a country that most of people like it. So it's great to say you are from Brazil and people instantaneously, they laugh, they, laugh, they, they give a smile for you. And this is great. But what I don't like is see that most of the Brazilians here are white Brazilians with uh, European citizenship, you know, and descendants. I just want to people that look like me had the same opportunity. We are from the north and we don't have uh, the economical, economic means to, to come to Europe and to study and to arrive in Switzerland, which is another story within Europe, right? And I think this is sad, and especially like 
I don't know anyone here in Europe from the north. Everyone I know, south, southeast, east, and sometimes it's just tiring because we don't share the same culture. It's like it's similar, but it's not the same. Like they don't know anything about my typical foods, my typical rhythms, and the words I use, my accent. Yeah, it it can be frustrating, but. There is not nothing much you can do about it, you know. Just waiting for, uh, expect for more political activism, and yeah, it can be tough. <laughs> Giuliani says she wasn't aware of what racism is until she started studying human rights as an adult. Well, I think I started when I started studying human rights. <laughs> Before, I was just like, hmm, does any job work with racism? Okay, good. I didn't read too much into it, you know, it's very interesting. I wasn't really aware, to be honest. But when you study human rights, then you need to go through all these issues, you know, inequalities, uh, poverty, hunger, and everything. And then racism is a big topic. And then you're like, mom, you're brown, you should know it. (laughs) Uh, And I blamed myself, I was like, okay, I should know more about it. And also, I felt like people expected it from me, you know, somehow. Be a, a woman, Latin, and brown, okay, she she got to have something to say, which can be a burden sometimes, because sometimes you just want to be yourself without having to be labeled, you know, and have to be talking, have to talk about it all the time. Sometimes you just want to be yourself without the labels, like, yeah, it is what it is, man. I don't want to talk about it, you know. There are certain moments and whenever you feel like talking, it's fine. And if you don't feel like talking where you're from, it's also fine. People need to respect it, yeah. But I understand that uh, I'm somehow representative <laughs> of this part of the society. So I would say I thought about racism when I started studying human rights. And then this was a full enlightenment. Yeah, definitely. Giuliani reflects upon her role and position in the discussion around racism. Well, I wish I could be more representative of this voice. There are not heard, but I'm not as much activist as I wish, you know. I don't know if it's because I never experienced something very bad or it's just a matter that I leave to others. But I I can understand if people want me to say more and whenever I'm asked for it, I say from my perspective, and I'm not an expert in the area, even if I work with human rights, but I appreciate that other people do it better than me, for sure. And maybe someday uh, we'll, I will know more and have a clear guidance in my head that I can share with other people. I think also sometimes it's just too much if you want to be the hero in every situation. Oh, yeah, it's already a lot to, to carry, to be a woman, to be Latin, to be brown. So, yeah, don't know. It's still an unclear answer for me. Against the background of her experiences and reflections, Giuliani has the following to say on what she thinks is important to move the conversation forward on the subject of racism. What I- really believe is that awareness needs to be the foremost topic of your anti-racist uh, ideas and uh, values and 
they think we can do this easily by talking to our friends sometimes and to our family and also in a language that we can understand is also very important just to to reach the audience in the right terms and hope for the best. You can find more information about Belém and racism in Brazil, as well as other articles, books and videos Giuliani recommends people to take a look at on racism on our website, www.ourcontext.org. You can also find the transcript of this episode on our website in English, French, German and Italian. If you have a personal story to share, reach out to us on our website, Instagram or Twitter. You can find us by typing in hashtag our underscore racism. This is Fumi and Hashik R Racism. See you next month on May 3rd. This episode was produced and edited by me, Fumi. Music by Pete Morse, Crescent Music, and Fugu Vibes. This podcast is powered by the Competence Center for Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Sangalan. A warm thank you to Giuliani for her time and sharing with us honest, thought-provoking, and valuable reflections on this issue.